This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing that Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 198 on the road to 200. And the never know Nets are back. You never know what these guys, you really don't. Uh, from the last episode we had, from the way that the second half of this season started, after the deadline, after the All-Star break, four-game losing streak, Everybody told you that they were going to go to Boston and get smoked. I don't think any of us thought that they had it in them Friday night to do what they did in that second half. It is a pleasant surprise to see. And then they follow it up coming back home and smoking the Hornets. And uh, now I think we're starting to know about the never know Nets. You never know. Different cast of characters. We talked about Jacques Vaughn getting an extension. We talked about who is going to be this and that. Is it going to be a starting lineup with Cam Thomas? Is it going to be, uh, you know, are they going to keep relying on Doe, Dorian Finney-Smith? You know, guys have stepped up. And the biggest thing I think we played last episode was that, you know, Spencer did when he said they hadn't practiced. You need to practice. You need to be prepared. If you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. They were prepared these last two games, and that gets Nets fans back into it me myself i was watching the devils i'm watching the nfl combine i'm looking for any out i'm even studying up on march madness like man this season is cooked but now it i mean it is still cooked as far as like championship aspirations but i think now nets fans at least one feel like okay this team is starting to develop an identity and they can beat some teams and two nets fans are looking forward to seeing how far they can get and you know where this ends and I'm I'm cool with that. Keith McPherson, Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn. Let's go around the horn. Welcome you guys in and get your initial thoughts. Friday's win over the Celtics is the most rewarding one I can remember. You know, when you you can combine it with the the, the KD, Kyrie, James Harden tenure, I don't know if I felt better. Like, it, it just in a better space, you level of euphoria after a win than that Celtics game. Maybe part of it was because it, it felt at, like you were saying, cooked. When they went down by 28 in that game, it was just like, not again. Do you even want to watch this? And I was supposed to go out, right? I was supposed to go out. So I was just going to be fine missing the game. But 
uh, it, it took a while to get all things together. And, and at that point, it's halftime. And my wife's like, all right, it's time to go. I'm like, no, it's not. Um, I'll, I'll meet you there. Because it gotten, I'd watched enough of it to be invested. And then that, that comeback, just the, the spirit that they played with. And the fact that you've got some guys who you feel like you can grow with. And it's a different type of, it's a different type of experience than, than what it was before. But, you know, I, I, I've got fans constantly trying to clown me. And I, I say this with, with all honesty. I don't care about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and them in regards to the Nets. Anymore. They want you to care. Robin, you do care. <laughs> I just don't. I, okay, I, I can watch Katie on the Suns. I can watch Kyrie on the Mavs. I, I, I'm past it. I mean, Are you no, mad? Aren't you mad? Aren't you mad about it? I'm furious. I, you know, But the, here's the thing. The Suns trade, which was kind of the last chip. Uh, that was it. They had to cash the last chip. They they hit. That's the, the chip that hit. Because Mikhail Bridges, I don't want to get ahead of myself and, and be too bold with the proclamations. But he's damn good. And he's getting better. And he's showing with more opportunity what he can be. Cam Johnson is also very good. And they got four first-round picks on top of that. So... I feel like this is going to be a competitive team that plays hard, that that is fun to watch the rest of this year, and it's a team with a core and a future. So I'm happy. Yeah, and considering we were always going to lose, or so it went, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they clearly didn't want to be here. What more could you ask for? Obviously, the Kyrie Irving trade was a little bit slanted because we were looking for more of a win-now move than, as it turns out, the Suns move, but then Suns move seems to be the biggest win now move we could have had when you're losing Kevin Durant. What more could you want as a Nets fan? And I, I sent out a tweet and it got it got some play that, you know, everyone was in a bad spot before the Celtics game. Everyone was in a bad spot midway through the Celtics game, right? An even worse spot. And the Nets sucked you back in, right? They they brought us back into the fold in the way that the only only the nets know how to right when when you're at death's door when you're when you think that the season is lost when when it's when all hope is out the window the nets brought you back in by being a fun competitive team and what is there to complain about from from that game from this weekend right it's a it's a it's a beautiful day in new york here on monday the nets are on a two game winning streak and there is a measure of hope that has inserted itself back into Nets world. And I, I still think that there are a lot of uh, Nets fans with some strange opinions on Twitter and, uh, you know, as you'll find everywhere, but there is a serious modicum of hope that exists within the Nets community now on this Monday. And it is, it is great to, to not be one of the lone voices of hope because this hope has always existed. Mikhail Bridges has always over these last, if you look at seven games before the Boston and now it's nine games, he's always been a good player and he's been a good player for the Nets. And now we can look forward to having him for three more seasons. Hopefully fingers crossed the Nets sign Cam Johnson. The future is bright. The future is bright. And if you would have asked me, you know, on this road trip, what would you consider to be a success? Henry Hall says in the, in the chat here, two and two road trip would be a success, right? The Nets could get wins in these upcoming games. Right. And it's just exciting to have that measure of hope and, Everyone is looking ahead to uh, the lottery, but the Nets are still in the sixth seed, only a game and a half out of the fifth seed. Lots of positives. For me, yo, Friday night, watching the beginning of that game, I was in hell. 
I said it on the radio. That was hell for a Nets fan that has been owned by the Celtics, a rivalry, a team that we hate. I said, I hate their parquet floor. I hate that they love that stupid mascot, Lucky, like he's a real person. I hate their jerseys, whether they have these like Celtic dark green jerseys that they lost in last night to the Knicks, <laughs> or if they have those black jerseys, I guess trying to be a little cooler than their regular green and white. I just, I'm anti Boston, anti Celtic. So that first half, I'm just like, this is painful. It's a slow death. These guys were like trying to throw passes off the backboard. Chucking up, they were taking the nets so lightly. I felt so disrespected. I'm like, what, what, what is this? Like, do these guys have no pride? And then that second quarter, they started to play a little different. You know, can't really win or lose a game in the first quarter. I always say that. Um, second quarter, they play a little different. At halftime, I think that's where all the pride kicked in. And in the second half, they started kicking their ass. And I think that the Celtics just took their foot off the gas and they got caught pants down. <laughs> On your floor, you thought you were going to have an easy night, a Friday night, taking the Nets lightly, and then the Nets found it. Dorian Finney-Smith found it. Can we throw up the score and the box score from the Celtic game, the Celtics game on Friday? Nets beat the Celtics 115-105. They were 11-point dogs. Damn, I wish I bet the Nets that night. I was thinking about it, but honestly, on a four-game losing streak, why would you bet that in that situation? But, man, if you would have bet on, on Dorian Finney-Smith to hit his threes, cash money. If you would have bet on Cam Dr Johnson to be a 20-point scorer, cash. If you would have bet Mikhail Bridges 35 points, <laughs> there's a lot Ma of money Mikhail Bridges made. going over 25 and a half points is a lock. That's a that's a lot going forward I for the rest that of the last season. Night, I'm like, this guy is an Iron Man. He plays every game. And now we're starting to see he can go get 25, 30 points a game. Is this going to be regular? Because if it is, you can't replace KD. You can't replace Ky Kyrie. But you can replace production. You can replace point production. And I saw Hudson making the point about his contract and him being under control for the next few years. Maybe... The front office is smarter than we've been giving them credit. Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool that the Nets traded KD for KD. You know, that, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that mid-range Mikhail. I'm like, bro, I'm like, they're, they're not running the sets for him like they ran for KD. He's just getting to his spot. They don't even... Jacques doesn't even want him taking those shots and he's finding them. He well, said it's that... a layup to him. He, he <laughs> said he knows. Like, he's like, if you practice these shots enough, they're layups. He knows. Well, that's the thing. He has uh, four 30-point games in nine games with the Nets. He had two 30-point games in 429 games with the Suns. Sometimes it's just about opportunity to show what you've improved on and, and how good you actually can be. And with Bridges, you see it, right? There, there are things that are going to come. There are bumps in the road that are going to come. When, when teams start game planning for him, when, when they start sending doubles, how does he adjust? How does he become a playmaker? But we, we always knew he was long. We always knew he had a pure shot. We always knew... He was a defender, all those things, and, and improving in certain ways. But you really see the improvement as a, a foundational star-level player in, in a couple of subtle ways. I, I re reference that, that shot, but it's not that it's a catch-and-shoot anymore. And at the beginning, he was doing those pull-up mid-range jumpers. But now it's extended to the three-point line as well. He's hitting the you know little step-back, little pull-up threes, all of these things off of the bounce as his handle is tighter. Then when you see people come out to him, he can dribble drive and get to the rack. So th there, there's a, a, a myriad of ways 
that this guy is showing what he can do. And just look at the numbers. He's averaging over 25 points a game, well over 25 points a game now, on greater than 50, 40, 90 shooting when you're talking about about a, close to a 10-game sample size now. So it is fair. I, it, you, you always have to, all right, let's take a deep breath. Let's not get too nuts or too bold. But it is fair to wonder if the Nets have a, a burgeoning superstar on their hands in, in Bridges. And it's consistency though, right? And and we now as Nets fans have had the opportunity to watch this happen twice this season, right? Because we also had Cam Thomas who went off for his historic run. And Cam Thomas, for whatever reason, was not able to continue that. We saw these Nets actually win two games playing him very limited minutes. I don't want to call him a liability over those last two games, but if you're looking at who was leading in the minus column in that Celtics game, it was Cam Thomas. But Mikhail Bridges, and again, only a nine-game sample size, is is showing the consistency. And it's consistency not just in his scoring, it's consistency in the things that we expect from him, right? He is getting rebounds, same amount of rebounds as Jimmy Butler. He is getting his steals. He's fourth among small forwards in steals. He's almost averaging a block a game on not 50-40-90 shooting. He's 50-50-90. He's over 50% from the three-point line. His long arms are getting him over people. It is it is some amazing play from him, and it is it has shown consistency over these games. And if you are the Nets and you need someone who can be an, a confident isolation scorer, clearly they have lacked, Mikhail Bridges as he gains that confidence is showing that he can be him down for this rest of this rest of this stretch. And it is no coincidence that the Nets have won these two games back to back. Now that they have practices, now that they've had any amount of time to gel off of the, you know, the bright lights of the actual NBA games, right? And it's just been huge for the Nets to be able to sit down and gel because when you compare this team, the team that got smoked to the, by the Knicks last week, it is night and day. It's not even close. And, as a Nets fan, you have to think that is going to continue over the rest of this season. And there's a lot to be excited about with this team. And, and Bridges has sort of taken on that face of the franchise role to a certain, you can see him growing into it after the game on Friday night. He was the one in the locker room where Jacques Vaughn said, clip. Mikhail, do you have something to say? And it went to Mikhail Bridges. And then the next game against the Hornets, a game <clears> that when you beat Boston, you then got to go beat the Hornets. And they took care of business right from jump. And he was the one that came out like that. And, and I think Cam Johnson has a little bit of that in him, too. We, we referenced on the last episode what Cam had said after the Knicks game. And then Cam, in the, the, after the Celtics game, said we kind of looked at each other and said we ain't going out like that. Then he competes with a, a, you know, a hurt nose or whatever happened in the game. He's bleeding from the nose. And Jacques Vaughn, after the game, is saying, I love it. Like, he was emphasizing how much he loves it. They're going to build around the Twins. The guys that they got back in that trade are the, now the, the two foundational pieces above everybody else for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the the other thing that I, I'd add really quickly is I think we've started to see this team re- rediscover an identity a little bit. And that identity, hopefully, is what we thought they could be when the trades all went down, when you looked at the personnel and thought, okay, this can be a defensive juggernaut. And, and they had a bunch of lapses. They let up a bunch of points. But since the second quarter of that Boston game on, they, they've they've been in lockdown mode. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that video. Uh, it's on Talking Nets Twitter. I think it it says something from the Brooklyn Nets account. It says family on three. And for me as a fan, I was starting to question whether these guys wanted to be here. I was starting to question whether they felt like they could win here. Um, who was the leader? Man, a little, a little peek inside to the locker room like that, I think it's good for everybody's spirits, especially the Brooklyn Nets, 
who like to go for wholesome content. You know, they want to, you know, they want you to feel love and family and feel togetherness. There was some divisiveness in the uh, last era. And we'll talk Katie Kyrie. No handshakes. We'll, no, we'll talk no Katie fancy Kyrie handshakes. In, a, in a few minutes. Um, I, I'm, I'm pleased to be done with that saga and to be in the beginning stages of this saga where, no, we don't expect them to win a championship this year, but they will compete and find ways to win. And then the future is bright. So I understand it was doom and gloom, a four-game losing streak. I understand going into Boston with a potential 11-game losing streak to your rivals, you know, it, it weighed heavy on all of us as fans. But these guys just did what Katie and Kyrie couldn't do. They went and beat the Celtics on their home floor. Kyrie's think about last the last game. game Kyrie played. That's what I was going to go ahead, Keith. You, same We're all thinking the same thing. Kyrie's last game as a Brooklyn Net. Shameful embarrassment. Got smoked up there at TD Garden. And now, you know, we're over that. We're moving forward. We'll talk about last night's game. And then we'll get to KD versus Kyrie, Suns versus Mavericks. A uh, little bit from that. I watched that whole game. I'm a basketball fan like most of you are. I was able to watch that game and enjoy it and not feel any kind of way. And that led us into last night's game, 6 o'clock, uh, back in Barclays, back in Brooklyn. Uh, it's good to get back into these guys' new apartments, some of them. Um, it's back to be. It's good to be back home. These guys have dogs. They have families. They have, uh, you know, little things like just sleeping in your bed. That certainly helps, and you could see it. So last night in Brooklyn, if you went to the game, good for you. That was a good game to go to. The Nets beat the Hornets, and they beat the brakes off them. It wasn't close. 102-86. I mean, the first quarter was 36-21. The second quarter was 34-20. Uh, they piled it on. The game was done at half. I bet on the game. Only thing that blew my bets, most of them. No offense to uh, CJ, but, uh, yeah, he got hurt, and he ended up only having – he missed some time. He only had 11 points. I was betting on him. Most of my bets had him getting 15, 20, knocking down some threes, but whatever. Brooklyn Bridges, it was written. It was written. It was literally written in the stars for this kid to be a Brooklyn net. He goes off again for 33 points, was having his way. Spencer Dinwiddie, I did have some bets on Spencer, but they didn't cash. Spencer Dinwiddie, I knew he was going to show up. And uh, that's an easy win for the Nets, as it should have been. What are you guys' thoughts about what you saw last night? For me, I'll start. It just I wasn't expecting to lose that game. They were without LaMelo Ball, who's done for the season. Um, P.J. Washington played, but they were without him their last game. I wasn't expecting uh, Tsunami Poppy and Scary Terry to come into Brooklyn and dominate the Nets. Not with this team, not with this defensive team, who obviously you saw they were a better matchup for, for the Celtics, right? These guys matched up better against the Celtics and their team, and I knew that that big win on Friday, a night to rest Saturday, was going to translate into a win Sunday, and now I'm looking for these new Nets, the never-know Nets, to have a little winning streak. Well, it's nice to be up by 30, right? <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking watching that game. It's nice to be up by 30. And let's be real about it. The way that the Nets were talked about, perceived, and maybe even we were starting to worry uh, about was that they were the Hornets, more or less. That was kind of the, the vibe that you get when you go out and you get absolutely destroyed in, in these games that, that was happening to them. Now, it, it makes sense that they had to get a new team together, and, and you knew they weren't that bad. You just knew from the players on the team they weren't that bad because we, we've talked about 
it being a, a redo of like 2018 or whatever. Uh, this is a, a better squad, a better roster. And we, we've talked about Bridges and, and what he brings and, and, and emerging into a leader and, and Johnson, who I, I think those are the building blocks. But you look beyond that, and Dorian Finney-Smith has started to hit his threes, which is huge because what are the two things you're expecting from him? Defense and threes. Spencer Dinwiddie is starting to play better, uh, not kind of monopolize the ball as much, not as much just pounding the rock into a he, – he's going downhill more often, which is giving a, a, a new dimension to what they're able to do. Um, and and give credit to the coach. People always want to, you know, destroy the coach. I, I got no complaints about Jock. In fact, my biggest complaint was Cam Thomas wasn't playing more. Um, but maybe Jock Vaughn knows what he's doing. I, I still hold out hope that, that Thomas will get some more minutes and and show some stuff. But Jock Vaughn knows what he's doing. I, I do I do think he knows what he's doing and, and knows how to um manage personalities and, and and figure out what these guys are good at and put them in positions to succeed and, and get some feedback from them as well. So Sumner should be back soon, which I think could help with one of the, if I'm identifying one weakness that I've seen consistently, it's defense at the point of attack. Like teams that have a a legit threat to score at the one position are giving the Nets more problems than say the Celtics who really don't, you know, Marcus Smart's a good player, but he's not, he's not breaking you down and and scoring that way. Their scoring is coming from the wings. Obviously Charlotte doesn't have anybody like that, but we saw what Brunson, just did right, so the, that's that's something that maybe he can help with. But but overall, I, I think my biggest takeaway from that game was you want to win the game, of course, but you want to show that you're a different level of team than the Hornets, and and I think the Nets did that. Yeah, and they found a way to win because great win. But let's be honest, that's not the formula. The way we won that game, the defense. I mean, that's part of the formula, but we only shot twenty seven percent from three. Right, that is not the idea in a game where statistically our best three-point shooter was Mikhail Bridges shooting 50% and you know Cam Johnson goes one of seven Royce goes one of five Joe Harris has a good game but Seth Curry races that going oh there it five. is Seth, Seth Curry that was yeah, yeah, Seth, that Seth was is, hard Seth to watch selling. He, he's, he's gotta he's gonna with sit his on dad the in the building I felt bad for the whole fam that was tough he's struggling that right a, now it was and a tough a tough moment he couldn't knock yep. down a shot no, and, and and I think we will see his numbers kind of decrease steadily as the season goes on because at the end of the day, he is not necessarily a future building block for the Nets. He just doesn't need to be anymore. He's just we, all that we got back from the Harden trade. <laughs> right, right. He's all we got. He's all we got. But we found ways to win. Uh, you know, you guys referenced Cam Johnson not having his shooting stroke. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Double-double. Ten rebounds right? That's huge from him. That's huge in it for a secondary contribution. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, he was more of a volume scorer in this game, putting up 24 on, you know, 19 shots, but he had eight rebounds, eight assists. He was facilitating. He was getting rebounds. He was defending more so than he normally does. You know, Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith both showing that they could defend. And that's what the Nets need to do, right? They need to find ways to win against teams that they are better than. Because the reality is they're no longer a top team in the Eastern Conference, but they are not a bottom team. They are not a bottom team. They are in the same tier, and I know we just got smoked by them twice, 
as the Knicks, who are a clear middle-level team in the Eastern Conference that is going to make the playoffs and might make a little bit of noise. And we need to play like that. We need to find ways to win. And now we need to start converting that into wins and better showings against better teams. We saw it with the Celtics game. We saw the fight in the Celtics game, but the Celtics are on a slide right now. What happens when we face a team that is, you know, better than us and is playing well? We're going to go up against a Bucks team in two games here that just, you know, they lost their streak, but they were on a big one. We're going to be up, up against the Nuggets team next Sunday, who is clearly the cream of the Western Conference crop. And we're going to need to show that we can compete against those teams. I don't necessarily expect wins because we've moved on beyond, you know, expecting wins against those teams. But to show that we can fight and win and contribute in meaningful ways against those better teams, I think that's going to be the thing that we can start to look for a little bit more than just showing signs like we have in the last couple games. And remember, the first game with the new group, they should have beat the Sixers. Should have beat them. Yeah, should have uh, you know, beat the Hawks too. Should have doesn't count for anything, but they should have beat the Sixers so they can play with them. They, they had, as much as they fell apart in the second half, they had a 15-point or whatever lead on the Bucs. So it, it, it's not as if, um, if that second half, if they weren't a little tighter, that couldn't have been a real game, and they beat the Celtics. So I, I don't want to, you know, complain and cry about the schedule. You got to beat Houston and, and pick up that win, of course, make it a three-game winning streak, and then go from there. Um, the the end of the season, the schedule lightens up uh, a little bit. But if you're going to be what we're all sitting here talking about, if, if Bridges is going to be what we want him to be, then you're going to have to compete and win some of those games. You're going to have to beat, you know, the, the Nuggets or, or the Bucks once. Uh, or the, I think they play them twice more. You know, those kind of games, you're going to have to 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 get a couple of them. And I think that's possible. I, I mean, I, I don't think this team is overmatched. Again, you know, they, they're they not as good. They're not as seasoned. They need some tweaks. They need some additions. But I don't think they're overmatched. Uh, the way that we kind of thought they might have been a, a week ago. All right, let's uh, let's pick up the pace a little bit as we've really only got like 25 minutes left here. Um, last episode, we showed Jay from BK's tweet listing like 10 available backup centers, um, the likes of Hassan Whiteside, and one Nerlens Noel was actually mentioned in that tweet. Well, now, welcome to Brooklyn. Nerlens Noel is signed. And I'm not sure when he's going to make his debut, but what I will say is this is a clear signing that shows you, right? It's a sign that the Nets are not looking at this year like, all right, this is who we have. And however it shakes out, it shakes out. Uh, we talked a lot about Dayron Sharp. I mean, we've talked a lot about Nick Claxton and shout out to Claxton, right? Since this change has happened, I think there are people that were speculating how he felt with losing Katie and Kyrie after losing Harden last year, whatever. Um, I think he had like a mental maintenance day. One of these games he was out. But since he's been back, I mean, in these last two games, he's averaged 12 rebounds. He might not be scoring the ball as much, but when you need a bucket, he's aggressive. He's trying. Um, he's improved at the free throw line. I'm not mad at Nick Claxton. I'm mad that since the stars aren't here, he's not in the conversation for defensive player of the year anymore. I just think that's super corny. And now... Uh, we won't have to worry about two things, right? Dayron Sharp, who was in his second year, still developing, and uh, we're not going to expect him to be a big contributor in the play-in, playoffs, wherever this team lands. And then also Ben Simmons. So before the game Friday, and uh, Alex, if you go down to the screenshot with Jacques Vaughn, before the game Friday, we got an update, okay? Um, JV 
maybe they gave him that extension because this job comes with having to lie for Ben Simmons. Maybe they gave him some extra money to make him feel better about having to tell the world all of this medical stuff about why Ben isn't playing. He's sitting on the bench. He's fresh. But during his strengthening process, he did experience some back soreness. Now we're in the process of strengthening the knee while also managing the back. And Jacques Vaughn said, I'm really day-to-day on what it looks like going forward because of the back. Okay, so then that was before the game Friday. Before the game yesterday, Alex Shifter writes, Jacques Vaughn said Ben had an MRI which revealed inflammation in the back. The Nets are trying to manage that while dealing with his knee soreness. So every day, they're just giving you an update to tell you that Ben is hurt and he's not going to play. So I have been on unsubscribe me from Ben Simmons updates for weeks. For me, it was the whole, I got hit in the eye and I'm taking myself out of the game. And then after that game, which I forget who the opponent was, it was before the KD and Kyrie trade. KD was actually on the bench. KD didn't even look at him as he left. For me, I've been like, yo, you can't be thinking about Ben Simmons as a part of this team. Alex says he thinks that was a Pistons game. You can't be like, I'm tired of, of, of Nets fans saying, wait till get Ben gets back or wait till this team gets Ben or give him some time. He's going to evolve back. At, I don't know what you guys are thinking, seeing or watching, but for my purposes on talking nets or on WFAN or wherever they asked me to talk about the nets, Ben Simmons is a non-factor. We saw him when he was healthy. What did he actually do that makes you guys think when he comes back from this, he's going to be better than the small sample size we got for him before. This guy's robbing the organization. He makes 35 mil. I saw him on the bench last night. He was, he was yawning. And I think that was intentional that the Yes Network showed that. Oh, you had a night on the town last night, huh, Ben? Saturday night in the city. Must have been a little crazy. You're, you're yawning at 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night on a Sunday, and you're not playing. I'm good on Ben Simmons around the horn. Give me your updates now that we know my neck, my back, my knee, and my back are aching, and Ben Simmons is not going to be able to help this team until who knows when, if ever at all. Well, the the problem is that the theoretical version of Ben Simmons helps in a lot of ways. Um, but we haven't seen that. There's no reason to have that hope um, still out there. Maybe, I guess, with more time off, a whole nother offseason. I don't know. The problem is his contract. I mean, that's the problem. And he can go away, and it doesn't really hurt the team too, too, too much right now. But he is still on the, the, the cap, and that's the thing that eventually is going to be addressed one way or the other. And, and the problem with trading him in the offseason is the same problem that it was at the all-star break or, you know, at the trade deadline. Nobody wants him. And you're going to have to attach value to move him. So we'll see where it goes. I think the good thing is it hasn't really um, seemed to seep in to the, the team as, as far as the, the, the aura or attitude or anything like that. Nerland's Noel... Not expecting much from Nerlens Noel. I know what kind of player Nerlens Noel is. He, he blocks some shots. He can get up down the floor, catch a lob here and there. He, don't, he doesn't have great hands though, um, and and he's a pro. He's been around the block. But the the Nerlens Noel signing isn't about oh my god the Nets got Nerlens Noel. It's about the fact that they're still trying to address holes in the roster. They made a move to bring in a body that could 
go against Joel Embiid or, or Giannis or whomever in the playoffs. And it just was a nice reminder that they haven't completely punted on the season because I think that's what hurt the most probably about all the trades. We all knew that was eventually going to happen. I think whether we wanted to admit it or not, we knew in, in the back of our head from the summer that, that that's where things were headed eventually. Um, but to go from winning 18 out of 20 games and as many games over 500 to just, oh, we're not competing anymore, that, that was a sign that they're going to try and, and put a competitive roster out there. The fact that we keep hearing about Ben Simmons' injuries just makes me believe. Um, I can't believe that with any sort of confidence, we're going to see him back out on the floor. Yeah, and I think these are two fairly meh updates. Nerlens Noel, uh, I think it's important. He was signed on a 10-day, so the Nets can do two 10 days in a row. They can have him for 20 days before they have to either let him go or sign him to uh, a big boy contract. We'll see what comes of that. He was putting up 10 minutes and two points a game and three rebounds a game on that awful Pistons team. So don't expect much, but at least expect the Nets to show some more different looks when they're able to put him on the floor. Honestly, when they're forced to put him on the floor, because the only reason they're really taking Claxton off is because they're forced to. They're not They're not voluntarily running out Yuta earlier in the season or Dorian Finney-Smith or whomever at the five. That's just not the way it's going. And then in terms of Ben Simmons, his value only appreciates if he's sitting at the bench. I am of the the firm stance that his game against the Knicks, you know, not last Knicks game, but the next game before that, is that's rock bottom. That's Ben Simmons rock bottom. There is no value at that point attached to Ben Simmons. So at this point, let him get healthy if that's really the issue. I don't necessarily know how much it is. And let him put up an off-season workout video that can trick some teams into thinking that he's good. You know, let him do an interview and say that his mental health is all better and whatever. It's fine. He's not going to accrue any value by playing games. And him sitting on the bench is going to give him time to accrue theoretical value, which is the only value that at this point can be attached to Ben Simmons. So, fine. You know, what? he's not going to pro- provide anything to this Nets. And playing him, especially when you have a Nerlens Noel signing, which shows that they are at least having some commitment to trying to fill holes to win games going forward. You know, it, it just doesn't fit with the the idea of playing Ben Simmons. And then the other thing, I guess, is that I think that is probably a pretty clear admission that Ben Simmons is not going to play this season or they don't expect him to play this season. Every time Jacques Vaughn has been asked, they have not. They, he has said, no, 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 we have not. You know, we have not shut down Ben Simmons for the year. That's not in our plans. Haven't even considered it X, Y, and to Z. Like he said, he's being paid to lie. Um, but Nerlens Noel signing, and especially if he signs on a second 10 day or a full year contract, that pretty solidly shows that the Nets need to address backup center because it's clear that Ben Simmons is not going to be the answer. And, um, Dayron is just, uh, it's just too rough around the edges right now. And I heard, uh, you know, or not heard, I saw some people in the chat asking about Edmund Sumner and I think you guys answered for yourself, but for the podcast listeners, Edmund Sumner has been out on paternity leave. Um, him and his wife just had a kid. So I'm not sure when he comes back from that, but Utah Watanabe was back last night. Uh, you can expect to see Edmund Sumner, I guess, coming up. Let's go to the, uh, you know, next four games, the upcoming schedule here. Uh, we'll have another podcast out before we get through all of these games. But here comes a road trip and a chance for these guys to bond. Also a chance for them to take this winning streak to three first up at Houston, where it is rumored that James Harden can't wait to go back to. They will go back 
and face the Rockets before James Harden can uh, get back to the place he loves. Then they got to go face the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks are a juggernaut. Um, they were on a 15-16 game win streak. That ended. Uh, Giannis is uh, the biggest cornball you'll ever find in the NBA. This guy actually attempted a shot to give himself a rebound to get to a triple-double, and then the NBA said, nah, you're beat, bro. <laughs> we're taking that back. Now you're just uh, you know, an internet meme. Now you're just an internet video uh, getting views and people trolling you, and uh, the Nets will go from Milwaukee to Minnesota and then Denver. These are games against some of the best uh, talent in the NBA, Giannis, uh, Ant-Man, um, Nikola Jokic, and uh, it's going to be a test for the Nets to see how they play and how they fare uh, on the road. But I think this is an opportunity for these guys to really bond, for these guys to really connect um, on the road, and I think that they can win a couple games here. What do you guys think about this upcoming slate? Well, what is it, four on the road? I mean, I think two and two would be a fantastic uh, result. And, and by the way, Edmund Sumner on his Instagram story looks like he, he posted a pair of hoop shoes next to the uh, Barclays or Brooklyn logo and a, and a bag packed. So I'm getting um, I'm reading that to be he's back with the team and will be on the, the road trip. Con congrats to him and, and his family. Of course, pimp named Slickback writes a premium chat uh, excited about the wins, excited for this new core. Nets fans, let's draft and develop our guys. I'm not a fan of trading for Trey Young or Zach Levine. I don't want to get ahead of myself as far as trades. The Nets now have the potential to make a move. I think a dynamic point guard is maybe the, the biggest need. Um, but I, I don't want to, you know, start fast forwarding and seeing what that looks like until we, we see what this team looks like in, in the meantime. Because uh, as Keith alluded to, I, I do think this is a chance for them to figure out what their identity is, hammer that home for the rest of this season and, and um, finish the, finish the year on a good note. Cause I, I, I just, I don't know how to, do, I'm trying to find the words to describe it. Maybe it's because when I, when I started rooting for the nets, it was in that building phase and then Katie and, and Kyrie get here and that's cool and all. It's like, wow, look at this. They, they matter. And then that I, I think elevated the, the status of the, the team and the franchise but there was always this level of anxiety, uh, always uh, anxiety in the sense that it was championship or bust, especially after they added Harden. And then the whole entire time, because it felt like something was always going to happen with Kyrie. And then eventually we got to a point with KD where you knew he wasn't really, I mean, he could say it, he could play that a certain way, but he wasn't really all in on the future despite signing that contract. Now you got guys who just feel like they're, they're yours. You know, they're, they're a part of, of what the, this team and franchise can put together and put a, a stamp on, and they're likable. I mean, I even said the juggling video that they put out about um, Bridges and, and Johnson, and it's hard to, to, to watch these guys talk. It's hard to watch. They know how to play basketball, too. They play smart, intelligent basketball. They, they play hard. They play with a level of spirit and camaraderie, and, uh, you know, I just – I, I have people in, in various group chats. Like, You're not winning the title. Now. I, I don't know how to express to people. I don't care. And and I feel good about the, the direction of, of the team and, and the, the franchise moving forward. So um, maybe I'll, I'll be able to t articulate that a little bit better going forward. But Or maybe I articulated it fine just now. But I, I do feel like some level of, of satisfaction.
with this crew. And, and let's hope that doesn't get flushed down the toilet on the road. Yeah, I mean, now every win is just, it's fun, right? Like that Celtics win, maybe the most fun I've had in recent memory as a Nets fan. It's just fun because now we get to go into these games with limited expectations and a team that has the ability to surprise us. And that win was an important one because that's a kind of team that is fun to root for when you can beat these good teams but aren't expected to. The Nets, until that point, hadn't shown any ability to beat any good teams. So things could have gotten a little depressing there, but they didn't, right? And so now we go on on the road and we have a chance to play two teams that we can and I would say should beat and two teams that are very clearly better than us, cream of the cream of the league, right? And we will have a chance to hopefully at least go two and two and ideally maybe flip one of those games. And this is just the kind of fun energy that you can have with this Nets team is to be excited that they could maybe flip a game, you know, that they can show these good teams, you know, Brooklyn grit, Brooklyn toughness. And I think a lot of people um, clowned Joe Sy for his comment. I think it was after the first time the Nets won after the trades that, you know, this is a team that Nets fans can root for. And, and I understand why there was some negative responses to that. But honestly, this is a likable team. I am, as a someone who talks about the Nets and tweets about the Nets and whatever, am so happy that I don't have to defend Kyrie Irving anymore, that I don't have to think that maybe KD is going gonna, is gonna to bail. We have a group of players that are fun to watch and for the rest of this season can maybe do something. And let's give them the chance to do something because low expectations is, is the best way to beat your expectations. And right now, the Nets are going to have a chance to beat a lot of people's expectations and that is fun. It's something that Nets fans have had a lot of fun doing for a long time now. And I'm excited to be back there. And you're right, Robin, there is a, a lessened sense of anxiety with this team when it comes to, you know, championship or bus mentality. <laughs> I, I see William Simmons, by the way, right in. Um, is it too early to buy a Bridges jersey? You can find one. Uh, yeah, they don't make them yet. Uh, that's that's the thing. You'd have to get it customized because I've been looking. I want to replace my son's KD jersey. I promised him I would. He was talking about Cam Thomas and I'm like, Dude, just listen to me. I've been doing this a long time. Um, go with Bridges. It's this, you know, if you're not going to go with Bridges, go with Johnson, but he's still a restricted free. Just nah, he's a, Bridges is under contract until he's 30. Yeah, but just, Cam is young, four dad. Years out of Bridges. Just, Cam dropped 43 games in a row. He made history, dad. <laughs> just go with Bridges. It is, if the Nets let Bridges go now, then I'm with everybody with the pitchforks for Cy and, and Marks. But, um, it, you know, until that happens, again, I can't, um, I can't overstate how much of a big deal it is that they nailed the Suns trade. They nailed the Suns trade. It's a home run. That, that Whatever happens with the Suns and KD, championship or not, when they have a chance to do it, from the Nets' perspective, when you're going to trade KD, they didn't get just – if it was just bridges for KD, it was just bridges for KD, you'd feel okay. Like, you wouldn't feel terrible. You'd feel okay, <laughs> given what we've seen. But it's bridges, Johnson, and four picks with no protections on them. So I, they, they nailed that's a haul. That that's trade. a haul worthy of KD, quite frankly. That is it's, a haul worthy of KD. It set up the franchise. It set the foundation for the franchise. And this is 35-year-old KD. Pray for health, Suns fans. We didn't get to see a healthy KD too much over here, and I wish him well. I watched that game yesterday. Uh, I should have put more money on it. I mean, KD hooped, and... So did Devin Booker, and so did Luka Doncic, and so did Kyrie Irving. All those guys had over 30 points. 
Let's roll the clip from Winnie, Brian Winters. And uh, he's just stirring the pot on the Katie and Kyrie saga. And guess what, Nets fans? That's none of our business anymore. It's none of our business anymore. Like there are multiple said. times, even when the game was in TV timeout, they walked past each other and didn't even turn their heads. I mean, at the end of the game, Kevin Durant hugs his former Nets teammate, Markeith Morris, who had been with him for a few months, doesn't even look in Kyrie Irving's direction. You know, he said last week, Greeny, on his podcast, that he and Kyrie had not had a discussion since their breakup. Well, I'm here to tell you that discussion has still not happened. And it didn't happen yesterday, and it didn't happen. Now, uh, whether you care about this or not, like I, I see some Nets fans trying to be tough online and uh, say, who cares? You care. If you watch the NBA and you just had these two guys on your team a month ago, you care. It's okay. But, you know, their friendship has been speculated on so much by Nets fans. Uh, I think I got into a little back and forth with the glue guys on Twitter because they were talking about, oh, Kyrie's a terrible friend to Katie. I'm like, bro, like, why do we have to step in to a place that we don't know? And that's what Brian Winhurst is doing. And we don't know if it's for show or whatever, but what it is is coming off the heels of a viral video when the Sixers played the Mavs and Harden and Kyrie dap each other up. Uh, there were some Nets fans saying, oh, don't get all mad when Katie and Kyrie do their handshake after the game. There was no, there was none of that. There was no... Fingers locking up and down, 7-11, never leave my man seven anywhere. You remember Kyrie said that, and then what did he do? He blew the whole thing up. He requested a trade, and when we heard from KD, KD said, I didn't know. I'm, I'm rehabbing. I didn't know what was going on with his extension talks. He didn't text me and say, yo, son, I'm about to blow this whole thing up. So it depends who you believe or whatever. I, I look at this all as... Um, just like story arcs now, like it's character development in the NBA. Uh, whoever you want to play, you know, want to play the villain, go ahead. But like Hudson was saying, like we don't have to defend these guys anymore. And just that alone, going into watching games and doing this podcast is a relief. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie, look, uh, when things go the way they did during the Nets' tenure with that that whole group, you can never just blame one thing or one person, but Kyrie Irving was the common denominator in everything. And if, if there's anybody, you know, people like to, to talk about Katie, they like to talk about hard. They like to talk about side. They like to talk about marks. If there's anyone who I think deserves the lion's share of the blame for setting everything ablaze, it's Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Durant would be well within his rights to be upset at, at Kyrie. If it indeed go, did go down the way it went down with that said, as soon as things got tough, KD asked out, won it out, and probably did the Nets a favor. You know, probably did the Nets a favor long-term, the way we're looking at it, the way we're talking about it right now, and, and the, the, the fact that this was eventually going to happen. You had a, um, you had a plane that was on the way down, and, and somebody was able to, to pull on the thing and, and get it back up for a little bit, but it was always on the way down. So it's now nice to see a franchise that had a downward trajectory now have an upward trajectory, even if you're starting at a lower level than you were when you were in the air. And I think that's the case with the Nets right now. And like I said, I get why it's a story. I get why there's an attachment with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but I really am not emotionally invested in those guys anymore. I'm like, that's the honest truth. I'm not.
Yeah, and, and lack of emotional investment aside, who's surprised by this story, right? I mean, I stand by my statements from that I've made a bunch of times on this podcast that if you look at all of Kevin Durant's comments about really just being obsessed with basketball and all he cares about is basketball, that very clearly, whatever you believe about Kyrie, does not gel with who Kyrie is. And very clearly, outside of basketball issues, ended up leading to this divorce between Kyrie and the Nets and left KD out to either stay or go, and he ended up choosing to leave. I don't think anyone should be surprised by that story. There's the brotherhood of the NBA. They were friends. Kyrie left, and Kyrie is the reason that it didn't work out for Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Now, I don't think Kevin Durant should have left, but again, it happened, and we can move forward, and I, and I tend to agree with Robin's optimistic point of view. I just, me personally, do not think that anyone in the world should be surprised by this, and if you are left defending Kyrie as a Nets fan, as a Nets fan, I'm just confused because he plays for the Mavericks now, and he's their problem, right? And he is bringing success or failure to the Mavericks organization, and if he didn't want to be here, why do you want him here so bad? I really feel like that should just be the end of that. Yeah, and it is. And I enjoyed watching the basketball game. It was a very entertaining game. Luca and, and Book getting in each other's face late. I thought it was a great game. Uh, KD swatted Kyrie. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> and uh, for Nets fans, yeah, I know. There are a ton of Nets fans that love Kyrie. Uh, that love is gone for a lot of us, though. And if you still feel some love for KD, I understand it. Believe what you want to believe. Uh, to me, uh, there's a school of thought to say, hey, maybe – if KD didn't request that trade in the summer, maybe he wouldn't have ran out the door at the deadline, but he did, right? All you're left with is uh, what could have, should have, would have happened, but you, you got to just deal with the facts. Neither one of these guys are here anymore, and the Nets did what they could to get a good haul, and all things considered, I think it ended better than it would have ended after another failed year. Um, we could have seen them both out in the summer after another failed year. Instead, when the Nets fail this year, it's not going to be like, oh, man, they didn't win the championship. Oh, they didn't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's like, okay, they came together. They gelled. They figured out what they could do, and the future is bright from here and less toxic from here moving on. Okay, and we got to move on as we're running out of time. The standings in your Eastern Conference. I know if you're in the New York area like I am, these Knicks fans are on 10 and a half. They're looking to get their win streak to 10. And they're two games above your Brooklyn Nets. But don't worry about that. Let them have their time. What I've been saying on the radio for Nets fans is, hey, this is part of it. You know, these Knicks fans, they never have much to celebrate about. This has been the best two, three weeks of their lives. And they're not winning the championship either. I'm not going to put a ceiling on them or a cap on them. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, somebody may get hurt. But you're looking at the Bucks now above the Celtics. The Celtics are taking a step back. And for your Knicks fans, that are your friends, remind them that the uh, Nets chipped them up on Friday, knocked them down a peg before facing them on Sunday, which is the first half of a back-to-back. -back. They'll face the Cavaliers coming up tonight. That's rough. They need a win against the Cavs. Uh, the Cavs and Celtics have gone back and forth. I actually meant for my notes to look up what the Celtics and Cavs record is um, this season facing each other. But, uh, hey, we're trying to fight to stay in – the playoffs so that's the top six seed the Knicks on Friday had a ridiculous game buzzer beater by Julius Randle knocks the heat down 
And now the Heat are two and a half games behind us. So I think there's a chance that the Nets can fight and stay here, depending on how the Heat do. Um, and there's only, you know, less than 20 games left. So uh, I'll let you guys get your last thoughts in, and I'll queue up these voicemails so we can get out of here. Yeah, I'd be thrilled to stay at six. Give me the Philadelphia free throws in the first round. That's a that's an attractive matchup for this Nets team. I would not mind that. If, if the Nets want to... Want to shock the NBA world? I would, I would, I would happily uh, do it against the Sixers. Yo, what's up, talking Nets? This is Joel. Uh, I just wanted to say. Oh, I also wanted to say what up to the Celtics fans. Uh, no, I mean the Celtics are definitely a way better team than the Nets, but the Nets had that major comeback. Uh, the curse of Lucky is over. <laughs> um, I'm just curious of your thoughts about uh, DFS's performance. Uh, I remember watching him in like the first quarter and he kept shooting and I literally screamed out loud, stop shooting. Um, wondering if you have any feelings about his future or possible future with the team. And what do you think about Cam Thomas getting more minutes? I think he only played like seven minutes in that last game. All right. Love you guys. Talking that Peace. You know, I, I think uh, as far as DFS goes, we'll see about his future with the team, but he's a, a player that has value. And he's a three, he's three indie. And <laughs> we, we saw some of the defense, but the defense doesn't look as good when he's missing every open three. But you can't tell a guy to stop shooting. That's, you know, when you're open, you got to shoot the, the ball. Now that he's hitting it, he's providing his value. Cam Thomas, I, I think we'd all like to see him play a little bit more. And if it's not him, Sumner, somebody's going to have to play. Shouldn't be Seth Curry. Uh, with, with those backup point guard minutes. And and eventually, I, I think that's going to have to transition to Cam Thomas with a little bit longer leash. Or, like I said, Edmund Sumner, I wouldn't mind giving a look at that spot either. Yeah, uh, Edmund Sumner is, shows a really good ability to drive to the hoop, which is really, really nice. Um, and it is especially nice considering it kind of contrasts with Cam Thomas drives to the hoop, but he doesn't necessarily score at the hoop aside from free throws. Um, so a player who can really slash, uh, is going to be helpful for us. Yeah. And, and I think if you're, if you're projecting out forward for the Nets, as it becomes clear, and, and I think it will become clear that they are in more of a position to compete than people maybe thought they were last week. I might've thought they were last week. Uh, I think it'll become clear that the rotation needs to change. Um, Seth Curry has shown a consistent lack of ability, uh, to do it unless he's playing the Sixers. If we play the Sixers. Let him go off, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I think we'll see the rotations tighten up and change a little bit, especially if Nerlens Noel ends up getting signed. I could see Jacques Vaughn um, kind of shortening the leash on everybody except for Mikhail uh, and Spencer Dinwiddie. So it'll be an interesting couple of games to watch how the rotation changes and evolves, uh, especially against the better teams going forward. Uh, quickly about Doe. JV said, he told him, keep shooting. We're not worried about your shot. Shooters shoot. Eventually it's going to fall for you. And lucky for us, it did against the Celtics. He didn't ball out last night either shooting the ball. It's about matchups. He's going to be valuable. And he does more than just shoot the ball. Um, he, he's going to be fine. And Cam Thomas, it's also about matchups. We'll see, you know, where he comes into play. But I'm not so worried about Cam Thomas getting his minutes. It's clear who they want to lead this team, um, to be the face of this team, to build around. Cam Thomas is 21 in his second year. Uh, he'll get his opportunities, but uh, I think it's pretty set who they have leading the way offensively. What's up, guys? This is Anthony. Uh, I was at the game Sunday, Charlotte Nets. It was a great win. Uh, Mikel Bridges, he's, you know, I think becoming a superstar in front of our eyes, especially what he did uh, against Boston. First quarter of the uh, Charlotte game, nine for nine. Do you guys think that he could be 
um, a superstar in this league because I've sometimes at times seen flashes of KD when I watch him play. So I kind of want to get your take on that because I'm excited for him and I'm excited to see, you know, what this group does not only this year, but going forward in years to come. All right, much love to you guys. Let's go Nets, our world, Nets world. All right, bye. I'm confident that he's he's an all-star. I'm confident that he's an all-star level player. There's a little bit of a difference between all-star and superstar. I'm going to wait before I make the superstar proclamation, but so far, so good. <laughs> you know, but it went from like elite role player to all-star to yeah, maybe superstar, maybe perhaps superstar. You know, so that that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how many superstars are there really in the league? Is he going to be the kind of player that's as good as a Jokic or an Embiid? I mean, maybe. I guess I don't know. But I think him as an all-star, as a consistent all-star, uh, I think would be a a great thing to see. I think if you're looking at even across the landscape of New York sports, right, a Jalen Brunson level player, he's been about that consistent um, since joining the Nets. If he can expand his role a little bit, he can. I think he can get beyond there. Uh, but it's just exciting, and the Nets have an opportunity and the capital when it comes to draft, you know, draft picks and other players to put a, like Robin has mentioned, uh, maybe a high-level scoring point guard uh, next to him. I think that could be another big two uh, in, in New York, and I think that would be really amazing to watch because he is, at the very least, good enough to be considered a star in this league. I'll take him averaging 30 points a game right now. I'm not trying to get too far ahead of this thing. He's going to be here for the next few years. They made sure he was in the deal. He's got a name that makes sense for Brooklyn. He's got a uh, a three-point celebration that's been working out pretty well. I, I, I like his shooting form. I like how he dribbles and gets to his spot, and you just know he's about to raise up, knock down the mid-range, uh, shoot the three. He is a no-nonsense guy. He is an Iron Man. I keep saying the guy wants to play. Um, before we move on, I remember that was one of the first things that Cam Johnson, CJ, was making fun of him about. He's like, this guy is itching to get on the court. And that first game where those two were just watching, he didn't feel right not being on the court. That's the kind of guy I would like in a Nets uniform. Give me 10 guys like that. Because this last era... We had Katie and Kyrie play, I think, 74 games together in four years. <laughs> it's the opposite, having a, a guy that will not um, – you know, he even got hurt. Didn't he get hurt in the Celtics game? Yeah, yeah. He, sh he shook it off. And, and, and bringing it full circle for a second, Keith, because we had somebody weigh in on whether it's safe to buy his jersey. I don't know if you remember this conversation we had on one of the earlier episodes, I think, this season, where we just talked about the hesitation of buying a jersey. Yeah, I think you said there was nobody on the team you wanted to buy a jersey and, for. And I love the white Basquiat. I love the, the Dr. J-A-B-A jersey. But I don't have them because I have six jerseys in my closet from the last three years, over $100 a piece. I wasted like six fifty. Exactly. And and I bought Raj a jersey just because we went to the game. It was the first thing he saw. It was worth it for the look on his face. But in the back of my head, it was going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You know, like – um, and now – I keep checking the team store to see if the jerseys are available. And, and that's the, the difference, I think. In, and maybe that's how I can best sum up the way I've been feeling. Um, Mikel Bridges feels like somebody, to shout out to Joe Tsai, that you're, you're proud to root for. And that's just the vibe with the team, right? That's just what we got now. And I know it's not championship expectations, which, you know, I guess is above all the most important thing. But 
not having to worry that someone's going to accidentally, you know, do something anti-Semitic. Not too bad. Not too bad. And and just like this is not 2014, 2015, 2016 after that last trade, which a lot of people tried to troll and joke. Like people got all their jokes off about the Nets, and now they're actually scratching their heads. Like, wait, they actually might be able to compete. They're figuring it out. They're better uh, than they were after the last superstar era. Let's just keep watching and uh, rooting for the Nets. And, you know, there's a lot of people that signed off. Hey, see you guys later. We're not Nets fans anymore. Filter them out. Goodbye. Last voicemail. Okay. Come on here. Hey, Keith. Great week for Nets fans. This is Chris from Jersey. Um, really enjoyed the two wins, but I'm a big Cam Thomas supporter. And, you know, after after the two wins this weekend, I see his, like, minutes trending down. And I'm of the mindset, hey, either start him or trade him in the offseason. And it seems like, you know, trading him is more feasible. So just trade proposal, Cam Thomas to the Hawks for a combination of John Collins and, Deont- and uh, Deontay Murray. What do you think? Trey Young straight up. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hold on. Uh, I'm going to run that back because I don't think that's possible. But Deont- and uh, Deontay Murray. Deontay Murray. Combination of John Collins and, Deont- and uh, Deontay Murray. What do you think? For Cam Thomas? Sure. <laughs> I'll accept that trade. Uh, if, if, if the Hawks come and they say, this is what we'll give you for Cam Thomas, I would say, hey, absolutely, you can have Ben Simmons as well if you'd like. I love Cam <laughs> Thomas just like the rest of y'all, right? The, I, I watched him from the time we drafted him, and I'm looking up LSU highlights. And I remember last year on Talking Nets, Hudson Flynn was the first one to say, he's going to play. He's going to get minutes. And I'm like, nah, he's a rookie. He's going to be on the bench. I don't care if he can shoot. I was watching and him at Oak up- Hill. He ended up playing. He ended up playing last year. He ended up playing this year. But he's a second-year player at 21 that still has some growing to do. I've seen him look for his teammates. I've seen him look better on the defensive end. But they are developing an identity right now. And as a Nets fan, I can't be so concerned about where Cam Thomas fits in that identity if they are winning, if they are like they they have the scoring. If Mikhail Bridges is the leading scorer, followed by Spencer Dinwiddie or Cam Johnson, or whoever it might be on that given night, I'm fine with it. And the last thing I'll say is, to get rid of Ben Simmons, you're going to have to add value. So maybe Cam Thomas gets packaged in a Ben Simmons deal for DeJounte Murray and uh, John Collins. I don't I don't see that going down, but who knows? Yeah, not for nothing. Jock Vaughn was right when he said that Cam Thomas didn't get those point explosions and wins. and The Nets aren't they're not a tanking team. They're not a team like the Pistons where you can give these promising or the, you know, the thunder where you can give these promising young players, you know, 40 minutes a night just to see what they can do. And you end up with Aaron Wiggins, 28 points, love Aaron Wiggins, loved him in Maryland, but you know, random player to get 28 points in an NBA game. We just can't be, we can't be doing that if we're the six seed trying to go up rather than trying to go down. All right, that's all we got. We're over the time. I've got a ton going on. Appreciate y'all, Nets World. We're all right. This this Nets World has been built. Like, it's not going to crumble without Katie and Kyrie. They can have their drama elsewhere. They can have their nonsense play out without those Brooklyn Nets jerseys. We're getting back to our culture, the Brooklyn way, the Brooklyn grit that we all can be proud of. Let's go, Nets. Let's go, Nets. Brooklyn.